Amen. Our scripture for today comes from Matthew chapter 8, verses 23 to 27. Let us listen to God's word to us. When evening had come, Jesus said to his disciples, Let's go to the other side of the lake. When Jesus got into the boat, his disciples followed him. Other boats were with them. Then a giant storm came across the sea, so big that the boat was hidden from sight under waves. But Jesus was asleep on a cushion in front of the boat. So the disciples woke him up. Teacher, do you not care that we're dying? And he said to them, why are you afraid, you of little faith? Then he got up. And he told the wind and the sea they had to stop, and it became completely calm. The disciples were amazed. They said to each other, What sort of man is this, that even the winds and the sea obey him? This is the word of God for us, the people of God. Thanks be to God. This sermon was written far before any of these hurricanes over the past few weeks happened. And as I read this sermon again this morning, it took on a bit of a different character. I couldn't help. I couldn't help but think how desperately we need God's presence in the midst of these very tangible storms. For the people whose lives are forever changed, the storms won't end as the winds and the waves recede. The storm continues in destroyed homes and missing people. As their brothers and sisters, they need us to call out to God as God's church. They need us to not be asleep throughout these storms. The largeness of this situation that we continue to watch on the news and we look on our phones and we see all of this stuff just continuing to happen, the largeness of this situation, I think, can cause us to be so afraid, to live in fear. This story this morning points us in a different direction. There's this image that's so vivid in my mind. As a small child, after you've been tucked in for the night and the lights have been turned off, you're drifting off to sleep. Then there's a noise. A creaking of the floor, a rustle out of the corner of your eye. You're sure that the shadows are moving. You hear breathing in the whoosh, whoosh of the fan above you. Your eyes strain to see in the dark, or maybe you will close them as tight as you possibly can. But either way, your imagination supplies the necessary details. There is a creature of some kind. And it's not a bunny or a fairy. It's a monster. It's there. It is right there, emerging slowly from the shadows under your bed. So you grab the covers and pull them tight, but the thread count doesn't really matter when you're dealing with, you know, giant teeth and claws. So you whip out of bed, little legs slipping and kicking in your hurry to escape your room, down the hallway until you slingshot around the doorframe of your parents' room, and you hit their bed at a dead sprint burying yourself in one of them like a 30-pound cannonball. As you mumble out the story of this monster, it's lurking progress from the closet to under the bed, your breathing calms down. The tears stop. 
But your parents didn't grab an axe. They didn't put on a helmet and get ready to fight this monster. They were just there. And that was enough. The parents' presence is stronger than the monster's. And as they walk you back to your room and check the closet and the bed and tuck you back in, your room becomes your own again. The whoosh, whoosh is just the sound of the fan. And the shadows are your outfit that's hanging out for school tomorrow. The creek, nothing more than the house settling. So you fall asleep totally at peace. Because your parents' presence is stronger than the monster's. Do you remember when life was that simple? When your parents' presence could banish the shadows and calm your fears? I remember once my sister was scared. We shared a room and clearly I was not concerned because I was very much asleep. But she wasn't. She was scared and much like the story I described, she jolted out of bed and went to find my dad. And when she did, you know what he told her? He said, why are you afraid? Don't you know you have an invisible bubble around you? Nothing can get inside that bubble to hurt you. She never stayed up afraid again. Because she always knew she was surrounded by this invisible bubble. Do you remember when life was that simple? When your parents' presence could banish the shadows and calm your fears? That was a long time ago. The monsters I deal with now don't vanish at my parents' presence. But yours? At the heart of this story, at the heart of it is fear. You cannot possibly understand this story if you won't acknowledge what you're afraid of. Children will be quick to admit what they're afraid of. Boys tend to grow out of it first. It's important to be seen as tough. Unless you're me, in which case I grew out of it quickly as well. Not afraid of anything. But for a minute, let's not pretend. Let's not pretend that there's nothing that we're afraid of. The disciples are in the boat with Jesus. Most of them are experienced fishermen, so they grew up on the lake. They can trim the sails and tie the knots with their eyes closed. Their hands have calluses on top of calluses because they've been doing this since forever. So then Jesus gets in the boat and he's wiped out, so he lays down to take a nap. All of a sudden, the atmosphere changes. Now there's this urgency around the boat, and before they know it, they're in a storm. And not just a storm, they are in a monster of a storm. Out of control, the wind and the rain, sitting in this storm, they are afraid. And all the while, Jesus is asleep. Have you ever felt like that? Afraid and Jesus is just sleeping? You're afraid and you can't find any relief. You don't hear Jesus answering your prayers. Your arms are worn out from filling bucket after bucket and hurling it back into the sea. Have you felt this kind of fear? What are you afraid of? Is it losing somebody? Are you terrified of disappointing people? Is it fear of failure? Are you afraid of what will happen to your health, to your future? Are you afraid of who your children might become? Afraid of damaging your reputation? Of not having the money needed to give your children opportunities? What are you afraid of? 
love? What monster is lurking under your bed? I see fear a lot, and it stops people all the time. We live in constant fear of something. You may not see it all the time, but it implicitly affects the ways that you make decisions. One of my biggest fears is financial. I'll just lay it out there. My husband and I budget every two weeks. A handwritten budget every two weeks. Mark out how much to spend, how much to save, how much to give. Partially because I care about resources, partly because I'm a little OCD. But I'm afraid. I'm afraid that one day there will be an opportunity and we'll miss it because we won't have the finances. There will be a need. A monster will sneak out from under the bed and we'll be stuck in a storm with nothing but hope. The storm will be raging around and the bills will be crashing in and the money just won't be there. The monsters are still under the bed. And as adults, the monsters are very real. They don't vanish at our parents' presence anymore. They lurk in the corners and they threaten. They threaten to steal your children's happiness. They threaten how people see you. They threaten to steal the love of your life from you. They tell you that you don't have enough money. I don't know what your monsters are saying. I don't know what they're saying, but you can hear them whispering under your bed as you stare at the ceiling fan at night. Bible, Jesus is fine with doubt. He tells people not to, but he doesn't get indignant. You can doubt and Jesus will assure you. You can doubt and Jesus won't rebuke you. Doubt and question all you want. But here in this story, Jesus rebukes fear. Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Jesus rebukes fear. He calls his disciples faithless. So why are you afraid? I think what the disciples missed is really quite simple. Even though Jesus was sleeping, Jesus was in the boat. Jesus is in the boat. Even though you might feel like Jesus is sleeping, he's in the boat. The seas will crash and the world will look meaner and meaner each passing day. The monsters will lurk and it'll feel like Jesus isn't doing a thing. But Jesus is still in the boat. When a child is scared of the monsters under the bed and they run into their parents' room, catapult onto the bed, they aren't looking for rational thinking. Well, you see, son, there really is no monster in there. They don't really exist, you see. The sounds you're hearing are just the fan. And how would a monster get into your room anyway? And if it were really a monster, don't you think the dogs would be going crazy by now? No. You grab the kid and you hug him. You wipe away the tears. You go into the room and you look under the bed and you open the closet doors. You whisper into their ears that there is an invisible bubble that surrounds them. Because in the end, you cannot rationalize somebody out of fear as much as sometimes I'd like to. You cannot rationalize somebody out of fear. You can only love them out 
have fear. Because perfect love does cast out fear. But here's the thing. Because of how love works, you cannot love yourself out of fear. As kids, the monsters aren't real, but we act like they are. We let our parents love us out of the fear. And as adults, the monsters are real, but we act like they're not. You roll out of bed in the morning and say hello to whoever's in the kitchen. You flip through something on your phone, go to work, plug away. Chit-chat with friends as you're walking through Walmart, smile, wave. But there's a storm inside of you, just beating at you. The monster slipped out from under the bed a long time ago. And when we're kids, the monsters aren't real, but we act like they are. But now, as adults, as adults, the monsters are very, very real, and we act like they're not. Like the worst thing that can happen isn't the storm that's killing you. The worst thing is if people find out something's wrong. So we try to love ourselves out of fear, grit our teeth and figure it out. That's not how fear works. Maybe we should be running out of our room, slingshotting into God the Father's room, catapulting at him at, you know, more than a 30-pound cannonball, sitting in his arms. Because God's presence is stronger than the monsters. God's presence is stronger than the monsters. In case you forgot, your Father's presence is stronger than the monsters. Because only God's perfect love can cast out fear. In the face of these very real, very tangible storms we've had this week, we can wonder if this is really true. In the face of our own storms, those hidden deep in our hearts, we wonder too. Can God really calm the storm? But, but are you sure? Are you sure? Listen, I get it. With 1,200 people dead in Bangladesh and Nepal because of flooding and a landslide, 90 people dead in Mexico because of an earthquake, 27 already dead from Irma, and at least 70 from Hurricane Harvey. There is no storm more unbeatable, more permanent than death. That is why we fear it. But Jesus has entered even that storm ahead of us, and he has spoken into it. Be still. Even though the storms of the world might claim our lives, we need not fear. We should not fear. Because Jesus is in the boat. Notice that Jesus does not rebuke his disciples for waking him up. He doesn't say, why did you bother me with this? The problem wasn't waking him up. The problem was their fear. Maybe the real question from this story is, why did the disciples wait so long to wake up God the Father? Why do we live lives defined by fear when we have the Son of God in our boat? Why don't we wake him up? I'm not saying that following Jesus will lead you to a life without danger. The whole reason the disciples are in the storm to begin with is because they followed Jesus into that very boat. 
But what I am saying is that when you follow Jesus, you don't have to be afraid of the danger because the Son of God is in your boat. We're not called to beat the storm, but we are called to wake up Jesus the Christ. Why are you afraid, you of little faith? The presence of God is stronger than the monsters. Why are you afraid, you of little faith? The perfect love of God casts out fear. Why are you afraid, you of little faith? Jesus is in the boat. So wake him up. Lord, today we come pleading for more of your presence, asking that as our Father in heaven, you wake up and fight the storms within us that we cannot face on our own. We ask that as the monsters grip our lives and the storms come crashing in, that we place all of our faith in you again and daily so that we can remember that you really do fight for us. Guide us and lead us in your strength. Christ's name we pray.